and welcome to episode number 174 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown. Very special podcast here. We're going with an all UFC version, all UFC Poirier versus McGregor 3. And with me, I have Dan Stupp, former editor-in-chief of MMAJunkie.com, now working here with us at Katina Media. Dan, thanks for taking the time today, my man. No problem. Always good to talk about a big event. This is definitely a big one. This is definitely a very, very big one. And I think, you know, listen, when we're talking about kind of the the first feel of a UFC that's going to be be massive. I think this is going to be it. I mean, this this weekend just in Vegas in general is absolutely bonkers. Of course, not only with this event taking place over in T-Mobile Arena across the street over in the football stadium, they're having like a, a, a Garth Brooks concert over there at the sound the same night. They're having like a couple of these clubs are opening up that night, everything. So I think we're going to have the atmosphere. I think we're going to have the feeling and, you know, the stuff like you and I used to get when we would go to the fights in, in Vegas way back in the day. Yeah, you guys got uh, buffets open, too, so you got the whole deal now. (laughs) It's it's ready for these guys to get out here and and get going for sure. Um, We'll talk about the main event here in just a bit, but let's start here on the on the undercard. And, you know, as always, there are two different preliminary cards. There are the the early, early prelims and then the preliminary cards you can watch on ESPN, ESPN plus. But. Let's start on the early, early prelims. There's four bouts on that card. Is there anything on that one that caught your eye at all? Yeah, I actually really like uh, Brad Tavares. I think he's in about the the third fight of the night. Um, He's a guy that's been around the UFC for 11 years, so it's uh, a little odd that he'd be placed so low on a card. But uh, again, with pay-per-views, you're kind of stacked from top to bottom. Uh, He's fighting Amari Akhmedov here. Uh, Tavares is a pretty decent favorite. I think he's at uh, minus 165 at bet, uh, bet MGM. Um, I always seem to find a reason to bet on a Tavares fight, uh, so I feel like I know him fairly well. But he's on a five and two run, and for a guy who's been in the UFC for a decade, and and he's still fairly young, but probably on the tail end of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's on a, a nice run. He's a good, well-rounded fighter. Um, and honestly, I think he's the type of guy, he's got the defense and the smarts. He, he's going to probably frustrate and wear down his opponent. Uh, I think he's going to have plenty of openings to, to just kind of tag him throughout the three rounds and, and uh, probably win a decision here. Are you looking at betting him at the the current number, or do you think that with your kind of conviction on him getting a, a finish, would you be looking at some sort of proposition like that? Yeah, I, I'm okay just kind of paying the price and, and going straight up for a win. I, I think there's a, a chance that, you know, he, he's – He's got some power. I, I could I could see him wearing down his opponent so much that maybe he does get a late stoppage. Um, so I, I'd rather just kind of cover all bases and, and keep it a straight up play. Good deal. We have four fights on the prelim card, as we call it. It is the card that you can find on ESPN or ESPN Plus leading into the pay-per-view. Um, just a couple of names on here that if you've been following uh, at least one name on the this card that if you've been following UFC for a long time, you'll certainly recognize in Carlos Condit um, outside of the Condit versus Max Griffin fight, which I do want to get your opinion on just uh, whether you have a, a bet on that one or not. Uh, any of the other three fights kind of jump off the page to you? 
Yeah, I think Trevin Giles is in, in a good spot here. I think he's about even money in most sports books, uh, including BetMGM. Uh, he's facing a guy, Dreykus Duplessis. Uh, he's a, a South African fighter. I think uh, most MMA fans probably remember as a, a former KSW champ over in Poland. Uh, he won his UFC debut. He's got a little buzz, but the, the guy he beat was definitely a lower level UFC guy. Um, you know, I think people are, you know, kind of going with the hot hand here and, and maybe overlooking Trevin Giles. I, I, I think he can really, Giles can frustrate him with just good striking, take, take down the fence, you know, just kind of a, a good, well-rounded, um, you know, game, which, you know, for guys who haven't been in the UFC too long, usually they're fighting guys who have some, you know, glaring weaknesses in their game. And I, I just don't think you're going to find that here. I like him straight up, but, you know, even uh, plus money or one uh, plus 100, plus 110 at places. I, I also will probably sprinkle on him inside the distance. I think that's uh, plus 325, maybe even sprinkle on like round two, round three. I think round three is up to like plus 1400. Um, I, I think there's a lot of spots for him to win this fight and, and even finish this fight. Um, so I, I don't know. Kicking off the ESPN prelims, I think that's when a lot of people will be watching. I think that's definitely a fight where uh, if you're looking for a play, that, that's a good spot for it. So let's talk about the featured prelim here. And like I said, if even if you are even if you haven't been paying a ton of attention to UFC over the past years, I mean, you're going to recognize the name in Carlos Condit been around for a, a super long time at one point, Dan, again, you know, uh, not to date you and I, but at one point, one of the guys that was, you know, widely considered to be maybe even in the pound for pound conversation is, you know, at least somewhere in that top 10 range. And, and, you know, then he hit a really rough patch in his career. If you kind of look at where he went, there was a 10 fight stretch where he went two and eight. Now, if you, you just take that on the surface you're like okay well you know this guy was just obviously uh, at the raw you know started to lose his skills but I mean, it was just it was a list of killers I mean it started with George St. Pierre moves to Johnny Hendricks you see Tyron Woodley on that list Robbie Lawler Damian Maya I mean, he's, he's losing to the very best of the very best along in there he has won his last two fights Court McGee and the very awesomely named Matt Brown uh, is uh, a couple of a uh, couple of wins for him as he heads into this one against Max Griffin now maybe someone that people aren't as familiar with in a name in Max Griffin. He too is on a two fight win streak as we head into, uh, as we head into this one. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah. You know, like you mentioned, Condit's been around forever. I, I remember making the argument that he was the, the best fighter outside the UFC, uh, during his WEC run, which now seems so long ago. And, and that's honestly one of the reasons I'm fading him and, and one of the reasons I feel terrible about it. I, I feel like a, a lot of my MMA <laughs> fandom is run, you know, uh, along with Carlos Condit's career. But um, I, I just think it's a, a bad spot for him. I know um, it, it, I, I think it's a bad spot, but I also think it's a really good price if you want to fade him. I think he's about uh, minus 175 right now, which, you know, still seems... Uh, a little juicy, but I, I think it's worth it at this. Uh, I, and I think a reason that the line probably is favorable if, if you're uh, betting on Max Griffin is, like you mentioned, uh, Condit's recent wins over uh, Matt Brown and Court McGee. I think that's sticking in a lot of people's mind, or at least on paper, it looks really good. Um, you know, I don't think there were the type of performances that made me, make me think that Condit's definitely back or that that two-year layoff 
you know, he spent that just completely retooling his game and, and making a big championship run in his late 30s. Uh, where I think someone like, you know, Max Griffin definitely has a, a, a bright future here. I think he's got the the skills to, to kind of capitalize on a, a slowing Condit. Um, so again, I, I, I feel terrible uh, fading Condit here. It was awesome to see him come back. And even get a few wins, but I just don't think this is the, a good spot for him. Let's head to the main card here. And again, like you said, this is a this is a big one. I expect that there will be an incredible amount of, of pay-per-views sold for this one. Um, let's start first fight on the card. A guy that has really, uh, you know, rocketed up not only i think as far as not only as far as just the the rankings in general but a guy that i believe this is kind of rocketed up just the fandom as well sean o'malley uh makes makes no bones about his uh what he likes to do in his recreational time and things like that and i think that resonates with a lot of people he enters this fight you know 13 and one a good portion of those fights uh, getting done you know on ufc major numbered pay-per-views you know this guy kind of stepped right into the the bigger fights and the bigger fight cards and has produced pretty well throughout the course of, of his career you look at him entering this fight that said um pretty big pretty big favorite uh here in in this one as he's going to come in as nearly a 10 to 1 favorite minus 900 over at uh over at betmgm is there any way i mean i i assume i assume we're not laying nine dollars in any fight so is there any way you would play this one as it you know i don't know if it's a parlay leg i don't know if there's a, a prop you might be looking at how would someone who wanted to bet sean o'malley go about betting sean o'malley You'd probably wait for another fight, I'd imagine. <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, with a, a late replacement, things get a little wacky. Um, you know, we've seen enough uh, guys that, you know, we thought were just brought in to, to kind of be a walkover for an established name, especially last minute. And we've seen some crazy things happen. So, I mean, I wouldn't fault you for taking a flyer, you know, against them. But like you said, I mean, it's just, it's so expensive. If you want to uh, do anything with O'Malley here, I think him to win by TKO or, uh, I think that's like minus 300, minus 350, which, you know, they, which is just nuts. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I know people, especially on some of the bigger UFC cards, really like to uh, package some really big favorites together and just assume, you know, that, you know, they'll, they'll grind out a small profit because big, pro- you know, big favorites always win. But, you know, it's MMA and especially with a, a last minute replacement opponent and just a young guy like Sean Oma- O'Malley, um, you know, he, he's still kind of finding his footing. He's looked great so far. I mean, he's not just winning, you know, he's winning performance of the night bonuses, which means he's connecting with fans. The crowd's going to be behind him. So I, it'll be a fun fight to watch. I, I think it probably more than likely will be, you know, another highlight reel finish for him. But at those prices, it, it, I, I, you're probably wise to lay off. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's just I, I think there there are better options on the main card, at least or on the whole card in general. Don't want to be laying nine dollars in a in a fight with guys wearing wearing little tiny gloves. So we don't want to go there. Um, women's bantamweight fight. Aldana has not been seen since uh, since late 2020. So a lot of people October of 2020, actually, last time. We saw her, so maybe out of sight, out of mind for a lot of fans out there. Um, her opponent, 
Kuniskaya is another top five um, in the division, so we're getting a top five matchup here. But I don't know, again, how many people are going to be incredibly familiar with either fighter here. What do you say about this one? Yeah, I mean, the odds are pretty even. I think it's probably is pretty even. It's so hard getting a read on on some of these women's fights sometimes, um, you know, kind of being so evenly matched and not having like a, a real big tool like a, a Ronda or Kayla Harrison with their judo or something. Uh, Irina's got some good stand up. You know, she showed up in the UFC with uh, a, kind of a lot of buzz uh, around it. Uh, the recent loss to Holly Holm, I think a lot of people thought maybe that would be a breakout win for her, you know, take out a former boxing champion and, and really establish yourself. So I don't know. The, the lines look right. You know, women's fights, you always kind of take a peek to, to see the fight go to a decision or over 2.5 rounds. But, you know, those are so juiced too that it, it's really hard to see a play here. I think it, it could be. You know, women's fights a lot of times kind of hit or miss. Uh, part of that being so evenly matched that, you know, you kind of get, you know, some fights that maybe aren't real big on highlights. But I think this one could surprise. I could see, you know, Irene maybe um, letting her striking go and, and making this an exciting one. But I, I just don't see a real smart play here. So I'll be laying off of it. Even money. Yeah. As you mentioned, uh, even money, Okunitskaya, and then uh, nine, minus 120 on Aldana right there. So let's head to a fight that has some, uh, some name value here. Uh, whether you love him or hate him, he is going to be on the main card here in Greg Hardy. Yes. Greg Hardy of infamy and former, uh, NFL player, Greg Hardy, who kind of burst onto the scene here by getting, you know, the, the fast track by going the, the, the television show route to, uh, to get here. Greg Hardy, um, hasn't really impressed me all that much, Dan, if we're being perfectly honest in there. I mean, listen, he's a big guy and, you know, we, we like to see big guys go in there and throw haymakers, but I, I haven't really seen a, an incredible amount of skill from him outside of just being big and a hard puncher. So I think that, I mean, and I guess that is a skill. And if, if he lands, then that could be something we have tied to Vasa, who he is going up against here, who I think is a, at least a, a little bit more skilled fighter. If we're talking about just, just absolute you know, skill here. That being said, Tuvasa only a minus one thirty five favorite. Greg Hardy sitting at plus one ten. I mean, I, I I like Greg Hardy in this fight, and I hate myself for it. You know, it, 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 it's a tough day when you're you're forced to, to root for Greg Hardy. But, uh, I, I, we're we're looking it through the lens of betting. It, exactly. I say this. I, I say this all the time. I'm like, listen, we have to look at this stuff through the lens of of betters, and so that's what we do. I've gotten it in my head too. Like it's a win-win. Either he wins and I make some money, or he loses and I'm like, oh, well, he lost, <laughs> you know. So, but no, I, I, he's a weird fighter. He, you know, he's a, a big dude. He's starting to use, uh, figure out kind of how to use his size to to control other guys, and I think he will have a substantial kind of size and mm-hmm. and strength advantage here. Um, I, I could see again a kind of an ugly, grueling fight and, and Hardy pulling out a win here. Um, again, I, I don't feel great about it, but at that, at those odds, it's just, it's really hard not to, to, you know, see a lot of ways that Hardy could win this fight or at least see how he kind of grinds out a win over a guy who, um, you know, has got some power, but he's, he's kind of easily controlled against the cage and, uh, yeah, he, he's always 
kind of one shot away from a win. But, you know, Hardy's proven to be pretty durable. And I don't want to say maybe he has cardio, but he knows how to push through kind of the fatigue to to stay in fight. So I I think it's actually a pretty decent spot for Greg Hardy if you can hold your nose and and bet it. Let's head to the co-main event of the evening we have Stephen Wonderboy Thompson facing Gilbert Burns if we take a look uh, Wonderboy being another one of those fighters that hit kind of hit the skids there um, recently in his career but then you kind of just look at who he was fighting and it was a it was a list of really you know good fighters Tyron Woodley Darren Till Anthony Pettis you know when he lost three of his three or four fights he is now riding a two-fight win streak as we head into this one last time and we last time we saw him back in December of 2020 now Gilbert Burns you guys will remember last time that we saw him getting in the cage uh, Kamaru Usman was really putting it to him um, didn't really put up much of a challenge in that fight whatsoever uh, Usman really dominated and uh, Burns looked kind of out of sorts so we head into this one, you know, uh, Dan, with those last performances, and I don't know if there's recency bias in this line, in your opinion, or if you think that it is, you know, that big of a favorite, but Steven Thompson enters as a minus 160 favorite with, you know, with the way that lines and probabilities means he wins this, you know, a little over 60% of the time, and uh, Gilbert Burns plus 135. Yeah, I think those odds seem fairly right. I think Burns is going to come out wild, aggressive, and it's going to be up to Thompson to uh, kind of survive that. And, you know, them being in, in T-Mobile with the the big cage, I, there's going to be room for, for Thompson to work. But And he can get back to his feet if he gets taken down. But um, I, I see a lot of ways each one of these guys can win. I, I could even see Thompson kind of pulling away late after he learns to, to kind of deal with the, the bucking bull that is Gilbert Burns. Uh, but there's a, an angle I really like on this fight at, at BetGM, BetMGM, for example. Uh, it's plus 115 that the fight does not go to the decision. Um, I, I think a lot of people uh, see a Stephen Thompson fight and just maybe lean toward uh, decision, especially when he's fighting a better guy, kind of like he did with uh, Gunnar Nelson or, or Tyron Woodley. Um, but I, I think Burns is the type of guy that that forces guys to, to kind of push down on the pedal and, and, and fire back. Uh, I think over three rounds, I, I think eventually one of these guys is going to get a stoppage. I think it could be Thompson, but I think that's priced right. So, uh, again, that's really why I like the plus money at the fight not going to a decision. Yeah, I like the the alternate angles for sure on how we can go about betting some of these fights. And, again, you get some uh, – and you have some outs right there, you know, whenever you bet that like that as well, right? I mean, you, you have some conviction – in you know that that this is gonna the fight might go this this certain way but you know hey look you know Gilbert Burns and in, in, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Gilbert Burns goes out there and does some sort of you know uh, get some sort of submission or whatever and so you're you have some additional outs with the just betting the the distance on the no yeah and and you know uh, I I kind of like those inside the distance bets just mm-hmm. like you said MMA is a, a strange sport you know everything from weird. Um, you know, uh, fouls that they don't see to, uh, you know, fluke punches mm-hmm. to, uh, yeah, and especially with kickers and guys who go as hard as they do, you know, just kind of fluke injuries that, that could stop a fight. So uh, you're covered a lot of ways with that. Um, you know, famous last words, it'll probably be a boring three round fight now. But uh, with those two guys and, and a lot riding on this for both of them, you know, the welterweight division's 
uh, definitely getting interesting. Guys are kind of jockeying for position. And I got to imagine, you know, Burns was on a really nice run before that loss to Usman. So I got to imagine he's pretty motivated too. So I think it's going to be a great fight. And I, I really like it inside the distance. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 5 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. All right, let's head to the main event of the evening. The reason everyone is likely going to be buying this, Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. If you have not followed along, this is the trilogy. This is the number three. Uh, the first fight came back. It was before Conor was a, a mega star or anything, but he was certainly on the up. He was certainly on the come up, and he dispatched of Dustin pretty easily at that point. Well, the... Fast forward to January of 2021, where Dustin Poirier has really kind of come to together as a fighter, and he actually puts it on Conor McGregor pretty good in uh, at UFC 257 in January, really taking advantage of leg kicks, really kind of neutralizing anything that was going to be Conor's out in that fight, and was eventually able to to finish him. In the second round, um, here we come into this one with Conor McGregor having only fought uh, three times since 2018. Uh, two of those being losses. We just talked about the Dustin Poirier loss. Of course, he lost to Khabib or Nurmagomedov in 2018. That's sandwiched between a a win against Donald Cerrone that, you know, I think they kind of just teed that one up for him to get a win on his, uh, on his resume. Donald, they know that Cowboy's just going to push forward and fight exactly the fight that Connor wanted him to fight and that's exactly what happened and he gets uh he gets knocked out in 40 seconds so here we have Connor entering uh Dan and l- let me start with this before we even get into the the breakdown of this fight do you have any concerns whatsoever about Connor's motivation um, because we know he just sold his whiskey company for $400 million. Now he's not going to get all of that money, but even if he gets half of it, that's $200 million to go along with the, the couple of hundred million dollars he's made off of these other, you know, fights and ventures and things and stuff that he's got going on. And it's different with a guy like, you know, Floyd Mayweather, who is fighting for, to keep that zero in his column. Like I'm fighting to be the best fighter of all time. I want to keep the undefeated record. And so you can at least understand the motivation with a guy like Mayweather. And then you look at 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 Connor, where he's going to walk into this cage and he'll probably make a couple of million dollars for this fight. But after you've just made a couple hundred million dollars, is that enough reason to, you know, get in the gym and give it a go, you know, as hard a go as you can every single day? I, I think he's got to be motivated just because he knows uh, with a loss, uh, things are probably going to start drying up. Um you know, McGregor kind of transcended the sport with the Mayweather stuff and, and the money fights and, and talking about 
fighting the boxers and stuff. And he was kind of the guy to do it. But, you know, as we've seen with Anderson Silva, Anderson Silva and Vitor Belfort and other guy, and ben, even Ben Askren, um, you don't need to be a McGregor to get these big money fights anymore. So I, I think he was the guy that they thought, you know, would would bring kind of the, the celebrity combat sports uh, industry together. But, you know, we've seen it, it really is kind of any name can take that over. And if he loses twice to Poirier, it, it's not even like his bread and butter, you know, fighting in the UFC. Uh, he's kind of odd man out. Uh, you know, he's always going to command a big payday. He's always going to drive pay-per-views. Um, you know, I, I think he can even always get uh, big opponents and, and title fights as long as he's a win or two away. But losing two to Poirier, especially with the inactivity, it's just it really is a must win spot for him if he wants to be the Conor McGregor that kind of the sports world at large thinks of. Uh, you know, he can go back to being a, a a good UFC contender, but I don't think he's happy just being that. And right. if he's if he loses to Poirier here, that's all he's going to be probably. Uh, let's talk about Poirier now. So we're talking about a guy with uh, seven wins, one loss and one no contest since 2017. So he has been active and he's been active in a very high level with winning a bunch of very high profile fights. I mean, uh, we're talking Anthony Pettis, Justin Gaethje, Eddie Alvarez, Max Holloway or Dan Hooker. And then, of course, Conor McGregor as well. That only loss coming to. Nurmagomedov, which, by the way, oh, everyone lost to him. So it's not really that big of a deal to uh, nothing to really hang your head about when you talk about losing to Khabib. So um, let's just talk a little bit about what you've seen from Dustin Poirier over that, you know, stretch here over the last three or four years where he, you know, it does seem to me anyway, from, you know, looking at his early career, which, by the way, he's always been a successful fighter. He never went on, you know, any massive losing streak or anything like that. But you really do kind of see a, a different guy and a guy that has kind of come into his own. Yeah, he's got the swagger. He's got the confidence. He was always a, a very good fighter. And, you know, you read off some of the, the wins he has. And of course, that's going to give you confidence. But I think when, you know, he headlined an event and took on McGregor and, and knowing kind of the whole world is against you, at least in probably your own company, the UFC was probably banking on a McGregor win there. Um, you know, I, I think he's he's got just the, the confidence, the swagger. But, I mean, his, his skills just continually keep improving. His striking, um, you know, it, it's it's always been good. It's just so pinpoint now, the, the leg kicks. Um, you know, the one thing I worry about in this fight is both guys' durability. They're, they're willing to eat some punches, to, to trade some punches. And, uh, you know, with their careers getting a, a little long now, I, I think kind of, you know, a lot of that damage is probably starting to pile up. But... Uh, for a guy like Poirier, kind of, you know, understanding that that's just part of the risk and, and embracing it, it served him well in recent years and it served him well in the first McGregor fight or the second, the most recent McGregor fight. So as you mentioned, with the, you talked about the world watching. Well, the world definitely took notice after that fight because uh, Dustin Poirier was about a plus 250, plus 260 underdog going into that fight against Conor McGregor. And he enters, as we record this, as a minus 130 favorite over at BetMGM, Conor McGregor getting plus 110. Um, Dan, I want to give you a, a thought here, and I want to get your what you think on this before we get into your actual fight breakdown here. But I think this is important for people because, like I said, we look at everything through a betting lens. 
With this being the first big fight, you know, kind of back in Vegas, it's going to be, like I said, a crazy weekend in town. So even outside of the people who are going to the fights themselves, there's going to be a ton of people in town to go to other things that are happening. Uh, The popularity of Conor McGregor, the you know, when you see his name on the bet slip as opposed to Dustin Poirier, whatever craziness we are going to get between now and fight time as far as some quotes (laughs) or something from Conor, you know, what he might say, what he might do. Do do you I always in these McGregor fights, if I'm going to go the opposite way and if you wanted to bet Dustin Poirier, Do you think the thing to do is to hold off until closer to the fight here? Because you're going to get so many people who decide last minute to bet this fight and they're always going to bet on Connor. Yeah, I mean, the McGregor fans are going to be waking up at about 5 p.m. before the fight and and run into the sports book to get their bets, you know, Um, and I think. You know, we've seen it another. I think people just want to ride the McGregor bandwagon and have a McGregor betting ticket. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's been surprising to see uh, so much money coming in on Poirier, kind of pushing the line down. But I, I fully expect it to bounce back on Saturday before the fight. So, yeah, if you're betting Poirier, I would probably wait until the very last minute. Uh, that's probably, uh, you know, you, you may have gotten a, a better line before and, and it's starting to go away, but it, it'll probably bounce back but right back before the fight. So if, if you're going with Dustin on this one, I, I definitely would wait till the last minute. All right. So let's uh, let's get your analysis here again. As we as we are recording this, Poirier, a minus 130 favorite, Conor McGregor, a plus 110 underdog. How do you see this trilogy fight going down? Yeah, I, I really feel like it's a, a kind of a coin flip at this time. Um, you know, I'd love to get that that uh, Poirier line from last time. I am probably leaning toward him uh, at the current odds. It's you know there may not be a ton of value there. You know, I live here in Virginia where we've got seven sports books who all launch this year and and they're all fighting for market share. So we have a ton of promos out here where basically whether you want to vote or or bet Poirier or bet McGregor, you can find a good line. I think one book had, you know, plus 150 odds on on either guy. Uh, There's a lot of McGregor prop bets like at MGM, you know, uh, via uh, stoppage is plus 135. McGregor in round one's plus 350. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of ways to play it. Uh, personally, I'm really big on the under two and a half rounds. I just think these guys are going to crack early, uh, you know, throw leather and, and start pounding away. I think one of them eventually is going to drop. Both guys have suffered a, a lot of knockdowns kind of in the past five or six years. They've both proven to be hittable. I think they know each other well enough to know how to to land on each other. Uh, so again, I, I really like the pl- under two and a half rounds, but with it being a five round fight too, I, I uh, it, it's really uh, you're going to pay a price for at minus three seventy five for the fight not going to decision, but I think that could be a really good parlay piece with some of the other guys on the card too. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm with you. I kind of like some of the the other ways of going about this. Uh, about you know, if there is a way at any of the books that you bet, I'm on Dustin Poirier's side as well. Like I, I have a pretty good lean towards him in this one. And you know, there is there are options out there where you can just bet Poirier um, 
by by finish not necessarily you don't have to necessarily pick ko or tko um you can just get him just to just to win by finish and if that were the case you know you throw in the submission angle here and um you know i think that that obviously favors dustin poirier as well in this fight so i do like poirier just by a by a finish of some sort and i kind of like you man i i i kind of like this thing to be done fairly i'm not going to say really early but i just don't see this thing going to decision for a couple different reasons one i mean listen as world-class of an athlete as conor mcgregor is there have been questions about his cardio certainly as we get into later rounds and fights and that's going to certainly benefit poirier either from a finish standpoint or a submission standpoint or whatever it might be and then and then also you know listen i think conor fairly is is pretty sure that his way of winning this is 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 knocking Poirier out and I'm I'm with you like I think he comes out guns a blazing and tries to tries to get this thing done in one of the first couple of rounds so he doesn't have to to tread into the deep waters yeah and you know we've had so many events without fans and and the few that we had they just the atmosphere was just so much more electric and I think you know, again, it's a McGregor fight. It's a blood, a bad blood match. I, I just, I think the crowd is going to be so into this. It's going to amp the guys up even more. So I, I think they were going to come out wild anyway, but you throw that crowd in and, and everyone being back in Vegas, I just, it's going to be electric atmosphere. I, I definitely expect fireworks. Dan, where can everybody find your, uh, your work these days and uh, find your commentary on the Twitter machine? Yeah, I've been doing most of my writing for Play Virginia and Play Maryland. Uh, sports betting's getting really big and exciting out uh, here in the neck of the woods. So uh, that's where most of it appears. And then I'm also on uh, Twitter, Dan Stupp, D-A-N-N-S-T-U-P-P. Guys, this is going to be uh, you know an awesome fight card, as we mentioned. Uh, as we sit right now, minus 130, Dustin Poirier, plus 110, Conor McGregor. If you're leaning the Poirier side... Now, things could change and and it could not go the way that we've seen basically every other Conor McGregor fight go in the history of mankind. But um, I would imagine the Conor McGregor money comes in late. All casual fans aren't most casual fans, I should say, are not betting fights early in the week. They are actually betting the fights right before the fights happen. So <laughs> so um, I, as we sit here on a Thursday, I'm not too worried about the minus 130 on Poirier. I'll be holding out. I think we're going to get much better number i think we might get 115 one and maybe even make this thing a coin flip i don't think yeah. it'll flip all the way i don't think it'll flip all the way to to him being an underdog again but i i could see it getting all the way to being almost a coin flip again so that's the way i would play that if you're going with dustin poirier and if you are if you do want to go mcgregor side i'd probably say go ahead and get in on it as soon as possible because i think the line is only going to get worse for you yeah. um Guys, uh, if you want to follow Dan again, add Dan stuff. If you want to follow me at Matt Brown M2. Thanks to our friends over at BetMGM for this one. And good luck on all your bets this weekend.